Hey everyone, yesterday was the series premiere of my new show, Office Hours. Office Hours is the first late night entrepreneur talk show that features the best and brightest entrepreneurial minds from business, sports, entertainment, and beyond to talk about the success, failure, and everything in between. We hosted a launch party to celebrate the premiere, and I was fortunate to have my fellow co-hosts, Mike Mamola and David Marino, join me for a quick Q&A to talk about what it was like behind the scenes of the show and discuss what we are most looking forward to for future shows. You can catch Office Hours every Friday on Bloomberg TV or stream it at any time on Amazon Prime Video. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook. I'm gonna quickly introduce David Moreno and Mike Mola. Uh, I think Dave needs no introduction, but let's start with Dave Moreno. Uh, so Dave Moreno is an attorney, a sports agent, an entrepreneur, and a speaker. David is a partner at Brown Rudnick LLP. David has also served as general counsel to many athletes, fashion designers, and actors. And David also is an incredible basketball player. So definitely <laughs> check him out on the court. There you go. And he has a newborn baby. And he has a newborn baby. All right, uh, next we've got Mike Mamola, who is a serial entrepreneur, an angel investor, a podcaster, and attorney who founded his first eight-figure revenue-generated company almost 20 years ago. As CEO and co-founder of Media Abundance, he works directly with some of the world's greatest executives, athletes, and celebrities. So let's give a shout out, quick shout out to Mike. Here we go, Mike. And then of course, David Meltzer. Do you wanna give an introduction of yourself, Dave? Or? Yes, I'm Dave Meltzer, Julie's husband. Okay. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> most important. Awesome. All right. So let's, um, this is going to be very conversational. Uh, I've got a few questions to ask. We can just go in order if anyone wants to just chime in first. But I think obviously, Dave, you, you mentioned it really well. It's, uh, it's finally come to fruition. Season one of, of Office Hours with David Meltzer. This has all come to play. I think everyone is super grateful to be a part of your team and around you and be a part of the show. So I really just wanted to start out. I think we all learned so many lessons in everything that we do. So Really want to get a better sense from all three of you of what was the biggest lesson you learned from filming season one of Office Hours? If you could please share that. So Dave, you want to start? Yeah, for, for me, the biggest lesson is as big as you can dream, make it infinity plus one. So, you know, I did the two minute drill thing and then it's just, I think that I'm thinking big, outside of the box, bigger than I can imagine. I coach people on it all the time, but I just, now my new mantra is infinity plus one. I look at this and say, it's just the beginning. We can do so much better and bigger. And so infinity plus one for everyone. Yeah, and for me, it was very similar to that. It was, I remember talking to one of the guests about a uh, Japanese theory called Kintsugi. And what resonated for me with almost all of the guests was the fact that these struggles, these other, these instances in life that might have otherwise broken them were actually the lessons that they needed to get to the next better version of themselves. And you saw that over and over and over again. And for me, I left each time we spoke to them thinking, wow, they're just like every one of us. You know, if you could just take those instances, those experiences and use them to create the next better version of yourself, you'll get to where you want to go. And, and that was just for me, it was so powerful. Yeah, I think obviously what you just said, Dave and Mike, uh, to infinity and beyond to quote Buzz Lightyear, I think is a, <laughs> yeah. good, a good one for, from that. And just seeing the journey of the show from concept, from LinkedIn Live to what it is today. Um, is amazing, but from from content, from speaking to the guests, the thing that stood out the most to me is, in life, we always reinvent ourselves. In relationships, professionally, and to see entrepreneurs reinvent themselves so many times, 
uh, like Ben Baller, for example, right? He was in the music industry. Then he became the, the, the top jeweler. And then Rob Deerdeck talking about all his different things that he's got going on and, and not judging a book by its cover um, is, you know, we're always growing and morphing and how do you continue to try to be your best self as you change? It's probably my biggest takeaway. Nice. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you, guys. Uh, now more about the uh, being actually on set. So being on set, it's obviously an incredible time. Dave, you're coming up to season three of Two Minute Drill, of course, season one of Office Hours. But what was it like? What was your favorite memory from actually filming on set and being on uh, being on set for the show? Well, I'm going to start because I'm a time freak. And, you know, leading with time is important. And there was a moment at the very beginning of filming that nobody was paying attention to time. And I could see the entire production going downhill that we weren't going to be able to finish. And I used uh, Thurbian perturbation to draw attention to, hey, let's do this differently. And I think as a, a leader, as an executive to implement what I teach, it changed the entire aspect of on set. We were, I've never, I mean, I've done seven seasons of elevator pitch. I've done two minute drill and then this one. It was amazing how everyone's mindset changed when they paid attention to the time mm -hmm. and how everything worked yeah. so smoothly after that first episode when we had to really perturbate everyone to say, hold on, this is not the way this is gonna work. Yeah, that was it for me too. And it was like, you used one of my favorite words, which is moment. And there were so many of these moments that were the memories for me. It was like the, the boat coming up and when it got on plane, when we got into that harmony, that resonance, it was amazing. Not only to hear what the guests were saying, not only to hear the questions that were coming from the, the host and the co-hosts, but you could feel there was something bigger happening. And there was this, this true connection. And as much as we communicate verbally, there was a bigger, more powerful connection going on. And for me, that was an incredible part of the memory. Yeah, uh, for me, it's, it's just how organic the show was. Um, we could have done that show live and it would have been pretty much the same product, right? In terms of just like the conversation, how natural, we were all Jay-Z in one take, right? Yeah. Everything we did was, was really one take because we we're on time, we we're on schedule and, and it flows so nicely. And the second more important takeaway and biggest experience memory for me is just doing amazing big things with your friends, right? Yeah. And, and to yeah. me, like you can't replicate that. Amazing. Um, okay, going forward with uh, entrepreneurship. So. We've got three of the, the best entrepreneurs in the world sitting on stage right here. So wanted to get a better sense of what got you into entrepreneurship and what uh, moving forward, what lessons do you want to teach to entrepreneurs for future seasons, for people who are watching and to, to people who are really tuning in. So do you want to start, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what got me in entrepreneurship is just seeing um, firsthand like struggle and hard work, right? And, and seeing folks in, in my personal life have to work day in and day out and have to physically work to make money. And then figuring out how to be smarter about accessing funds and, and that resource. So uh, that's the motivation. The biggest lesson I would like to give folks is that, especially for minorities that watch the show, um, you can be a black or Latino success story and not have to play a sport or sing a song or act on television. You, you know, I wanna be an example to folks. There are other ways for us to be successful. And obviously it doesn't just apply to minorities, but it's anybody that comes from a spot where you don't anticipate them being successful. Like our co-host in the show, Jason Waller, like you look at him, you never guess that he grew up in a trailer. You know what I mean? So just being the inspiration for folks that don't have those voices to you know, someone else they can relate to. 
Yeah, that's that's very similar to what my motivation was and, and where I am today mentally. You know, it was being raised by a single mother, um, didn't have anything, and wanting as much as I could in life, wanted to be able to provide for myself and for everyone that I cared about. And I saw the only opportunity to do that was by in, as was by doing as much as I could and not being limited by time, number one, or the limiting beliefs that most, I think, are subjected to. And I remember from an early age, you know, going out to shovel snow, guys came around and picked us up to, to shovel snow. Do you want to go make, you know, eight bucks an hour? And yeah, and I went out for the first 45 minutes and grabbed one of my buddies and said, let's break off. We can go to another neighborhood and we could triple this. And so it's always been, it's always been in my, you know, in, in my essence of who I am. And I think to this day, it's still being able to answer the call. And, you know, I built a very successful career for 18 years as a trial attorney, but there was some call that started happening a few years ago. And it was, there's something more for you in this world. There's something bigger for you. And it's whether or not we answer that call. There's an opportunity that knocks and whether or not we open that door to go on to the next better version of ourselves is up to us. And I'm always willing to answer that call and I try to inspire others to do the same thing. Looking back for me, it's a lot easier than looking forward because I think it's obvious that like every entrepreneur on this show, whether they're an actress, uh, athlete, a scientist, a guru, that they all have a desire that they must be what they can be. And for me, originally it was economically. I must be as rich as I could be to help my mom buy a house and a car. But now, and when I said earlier that entrepreneurs are gonna save the world, you know, you can recycle all you want. You know, I know math, that's not gonna happen. But if you can figure out how to convert trash into clean energy, you're gonna save the world. Yeah. And nobody will have to worry about recycling. Um, and these are the things that actually exist today that I see. So I went from using that desire that I must be what I can be for economic gain to utilizing the desire that I must be what I can be to save the world, to impact the world. And my mission of happiness, I think is the most important because that'll be the fuel that motivates, inspires as a catalyst the younger generation to realize the power they have to save the world with their innovation, with their imagination, and with their entrepreneurship. All right. Um, okay, not looking too forward. I know we're on episode one of season one, but looking forward to season two when it will come. Who, you mean Marshall Silver's season? Yeah, Marshall Silver's. <laughs> it's coming up. Who, who do you want to be on season two? Who's the ideal person and guest that you want on season two? And what would you ask them? Man, that's a... Want me to go first? You can go first. Because I, I will say my ideal guest is sitting right there. Because it's now a platform that people know about. And it's the people that you may not... Like, everybody's going to watch because they see Cameron Diaz or Apollo owner or Marshall Falk. But I had a conversation earlier with Marshall Silver, who most people in the world know about as well as they know David Meltzer. But it, it was deep. It, the lessons you know, listen to that podcast, everyone, because I love an interview where I'm just asking what I want to learn. You know, I'm in it. I'm not, I don't have to think about what the audience wants to know. I was in it to learn. And that's the ideal guest. I don't, we're blessed. We don't need the biggest names, all the biggest names. I want the people that I know that are changing the world that can teach us real lessons and then use a few bug lights in season two, the bigger names to make sure that we get enough audience to watch the Marshall Silvers of the world. Yeah, uh, for me, 
I honestly don't know because I was so overwhelmed by the people and the answers that they provided in season one. I never would have anticipated. I expected, okay, this, this is um, who I perceived this individual to be. And then I was blown away. So if you ask me now, I would say, that's my favorite guest. But right. I wouldn't have known that. How many times did you say that? Every that time amazing. we walked off, I said, they're my new favorite guest. If I had to pick someone, probably Naval Ravikant. Uh, who is one of the most successful serial entrepreneurs on the planet and just an incredibly inspirational and motivational person. Very hard to get to, but just doing a lot of the greatest things professionally, spiritually, and personally for human beings. Uh, and I, I'd like to ask him what he intends to do next because so much of what he's done so far for so many people has already changed the world in so many ways. Yeah, I think um, for me, it's, it's the same sentiment. Like, I don't know. Right, all the guests we had, each guest was better than, than the last. In one episode, we went from great guests, like that was mind blowing, to another great guest, that was mind blowing. Uh, but for sake of like big names and, and thinking big and dreaming big and putting these things out there, Barack Obama, right? He's, you don't think of him as an entrepreneur per se, but this is a man that in a divisive country united folks enough to do the unthinkable. Like when I was a, a young child, I never thought we were gonna see a black president in my lifetime. Right, so just going through that process, and then he's super mysterious. What is he going to do next? Right, having Dave Meltzer unpack that with Barack Obama on season two, three, four, whenever, would be amazing to see. Let's talk about legacy. So a lot of the entrepreneurs that have been on the show, they talk about their legacy, what they want to leave behind. So being entrepreneurs yourselves, what legacy do you want to leave for your family, for people that you know, um, and of course, now that you have the platform to be on a TV show like this, you can really talk about your legacy. So Good, Dave. do you want to start, Dave? Yeah, simple. Um, must be what you can be, like, like Dave said, I think is, is an easy one. Um, but to not steal his words for, the, for this answer is just to live your life and not leave any meat on the bone. I tell Dave all the time, I've been leaving some meat on the bone, right? It's just like you need to go out there and take advantage of every opportunity, every resource and be open to them. Um, so for me, my legacy, I want it to be that I, I finished my meal, right? I didn't leave any meat on the bone. If you eat at Cali barbecue, you'll leave no meat on the bone. There you go. <laughs> That's it. For me, I think it was best articulated by uh, Joseph Campbell, which is follow your bliss. Whatever your bliss may be, and don't let anyone stop you. Don't let yourself stop you. There's not enough money in this. There's not enough prestige in this. Follow your bliss. And as he said, the world will provide doors where there once were walls. So do it. Unlock doors for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mine's simple. And this first season was a legacy because I couldn't believe, sometimes I got choked up that every single individual that showed up, the judges, the hosts, and the guests, you know, here were some of the people that I dreamed about being friends with or dreamed about watching even, and to have, you know, a guest after a guest recognize one thing about me, mm. my kindness. Mm. They, they weren't impressed by any achievements of mine, but each guest came on and said, I would do anything for Dave Meltzer because he would do anything for me. He was, and you know, to me, if the legacy of my kids, when I'm gone, literally, you know, my eulogy is to be kind. Mm. That's gonna do it. And you'll see today, these are kind people. Yeah. They, yeah. they make money. They, they understand to receive so they can help other people. I, I don't think any of them, you know, they're just good, nice people that bend over backwards, show up on a Friday night in traffic to support their family or friends. That, that's the legacy you all should want to leave. And that's the legacy that I'm starting to leave. And I'm, I'm proud of it. We're proud of you. We're proud of you guys. <laughs> all right.